Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a special prospect interview on the No Ceilings NBA YouTube channel and the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. I am Maxwell Valmbach. And today I am joined by a player that I just wrote about for No Ceilings Plus in my spreadsheet sleepers column. He is Western Illinois big man Drew Cisse. Drew, how are you doing tonight? Doing very good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking the time. So just to kind of give the uh, the viewers and listeners some background on this, I, I kind of told you before we started recording, um, when I do these pieces, I'm, I'm looking into guys that really pop statistically you were one of those players. I watched the film. I was, I was really impressed. And then I was just kind of like, man, where did, where did this guy come from? Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm from Illinois myself. So mm-hmm. started doing some digging, followed you on Twitter. And, you know, it was like, you know, I'm just going to ask him, ask him if he wants to <laughs> hop on for a podcast and you took the time on, on short notice. I, I really sure. appreciate it. Um, so for people who have never seen you before or are uh, just kind of dipping their toe in the, the draft space at this point, um, how would you describe your game to someone who's never seen you play before? Uh, let's say I'm a very versatile player. I'm a very energetic player. I'm a high motor player. Uh, I rebound the ball very well, block shots very well. I feel like I pass the ball very well. I'm an above the rim finisher. I feel like I have good touch around the rim and I'm like, I feel like I change the defense of whatever team that I'm on. So I'm just trying to make everyone's life easier on the court when it's my teammates. I love to hear that. Love to hear that. What sort of initially to, to kind of go back to the beginning here, what got you into basketball growing up? Like what was the thing that made you start playing and then eventually say, you know what, I really want to stick with this and and kind of pursue it. So my first play was soccer. So that's what I did starting from age six. And like, I feel like that's what like got like me to have, like be able to be quick on my feet and like my light mm-hmm. touch. And then my dad took me to a park when I was seven or eight years old. And he said, look at the square over there. Can you, can you hit the ball off the square? And I hit it and I, I made the basket. And then ever since then, I feel like that's where I was like, okay, this is kind of, this is kind of fun because I was always pretty much taller than everyone in my grade, but I was just so in love with soccer. So I was just always focused on soccer. Whenever I started, I saw that my growth spurt was like coming every year. Like I'd have another growth mm-hmm. spurt. I was like, I should focus more on basketball. So <laughs> around 13, 14, I focused on basketball full time, uh, mm-hmm. moved out from Ozark, Missouri to San Diego, California. Uh, to go to Rancho Bernardo High School and went there for four years. And after that, I went to San Diego City College. And then, so, yeah, so sorry to butt in, but like real quick, like when you were finishing up high school, like what was your recruitment like? Like, did you did you have college interests or? No, I was pretty dead. I only had <laughs> uh, one D1 like interest, but it was North Alabama University. And then I had a few D2s who wanted me to like walk on to their school. So I was like, I don't really think anybody understands my game. So I'm like, I don't want to go to a school just because it like has a name, but like sit up for like sit for two years and then go to a JUCO anyway. So yeah, I went to San Diego City College uh, and a lot of like the JUCOs, like there was a lot of national JUCOs who were interested in me, but I just went to City and then we played 
the freshman year and it got cut short because of COVID, obviously. And then California, we didn't play the second year. We didn't play the next year. So then I had to wait a full another year to like show what I could do. And I feel like that's when I like started opening some more eyes. So what was that like? Because I I can't imagine like being in your shoes in that position and I having a season, you know, cut short and then, you know, taken away. Like, how did you kind of mentally persevere through that? Like, did you know, like at some point, like, oh, yeah, like I'll I'll come out the other side. Like, how do you how do you mentally get through something like that? No, I was in a really low place at that time. Like, it's because I felt like I was like doing really well. I was talking to a lot of schools and then all of a sudden the world shuts down. And then the NCAA puts out the COVID rule, so everybody gets to go back to school. So, like, all the schools who were interested in you, they're just sticking with their guys. So it's like, mm-hmm. dang, like, so it's good for them. But then for, like, JUCO kids and, like, high school seniors, it was, like, it was really tough. It was, like, a limbo. And I was just, like, I don't know what to do. And then especially in California, like, most of, like, I feel like most of the country, like, the gyms were open. At least they would have, like, shortened seasons. But, like, we didn't have any gym access whatsoever. Like, we yeah. couldn't even, like. We couldn't be together. We had to do like Zoom workouts. And I'm just like, if I just got to make sure that whenever this is all over, I come out on the other side, like, like I'm still like working. I'm still like in shape. Like, I don't want that to be like, I don't want to get the call. Like, okay, we're good to go. And I haven't done anything for six months. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty, I just made sure I stayed in touch with like my support circle and my close friends. And like, we always like, we, we found a way to find a hoop. Like we would, like we would we would like sneak in the gyms like we would like go outside like anywhere like it was like we mm-hmm. saw them, there was no one around we would just shoot and we just play around so i feel like that's what got me through it just like it was like kind of like an adventure like because like we'd go to a court and then more people would find it and then they take the court down like take the, the take the rims down so we're like yeah Man. so it was like a bit of like whack-a-mole like just finding courts and then like <laughs> so yeah that's what pretty much kept me going Man, that's that's wild. So mm-hmm. yeah, so where did you kind of go go from there? So you spent time there, and then it looked like after that you were at Missouri St. Louis, right? Like how did how did that kind of unfold? Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Like my JUCO coach, he told me that uh, he told me you you're a D one player, but you don't look like a conventional D one player. So there's got a lot of there's a lot of coaches who aren't going to understand your game. So you might have to go D two, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well. And then it came down to it. I could have either been a walk on on UC Riverside or hopefully play at the D2. So I was like, I'm just going to bet on myself. And I think that if I do show what I can do, then I can like I, I can shock some people. But then getting there, it was a struggle because uh, I guess uh, it was it was a lot of competition out of position. So I didn't play the first like 12 games of the season. I was DMP. I was third in the depth chart. And I'm like, okay like my plans kind of it's not this is not going how i expected it to go because like you know mike tyson he said everyone has a plan so they get punched in the mouth and i'm like yeah okay so my dreams kind of in tatters like i don't know what to do like i'm just very very lost then i went i went back home to san diego for christmas break i hadn't played the whole season and then you know you don't it's, it's kind of hard because you don't really know like who to talk to about it because it's like it kind of sounds like a first world problem and you're like i'm not playing I'm not, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing sport. at my, my but, yeah, division two. Yeah, like, yeah. my division's like, no one really wants to get, especially like that was still like kind of COVID time. Like, so I was just like, mm. I have a little sister. She's, she's six years old. So I'm okay. just like, I'm just going to talk to you because you can't really do anything about it. But listen, so. <laughs> <laughs> but she can listen. Yeah. Yeah. So she listened. And then I was like complaining. And then she just said, it sounds like you should just work harder and then walked away. <laughs> I was like, put you in your place man that's tough very very yeah very succinct but i was like 
you know, she's right. Like, because <laughs> like, she's right. Like I have a single, my mom, she's been a single mom for like 10 plus years and mm-hmm. she, she has two kids to take care of. So she's been like grinding and like working since I was 10 years old, like to like support three kids. So I'm like, yeah, if she can do that every single day for 10 years. Why am I going to be soaking glad I'm sitting at a D2 when I can just literally make it better? Like, and if I think that I've been working hard enough, I clearly haven't because I'm not playing. So you got to work harder. So I was like, I got to stop the woe is me. I got to stop the soaking. So I got back with like a new hunger, a new like energy. And then like, I got my chance. Finally, it was New Year's, New Year's Eve. We played and I finally got some minutes and I had 12 points and six rebounds in like 12 minutes. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's when my, that opened my coach's eyes. Like I can do some stuff for real. But it was like kind of in and out. And then I felt like I just kept taking my opportunities. I kept taking my opportunities. And I got moved to the starting lineup like two or three games after that. And I'm like, okay, the first half of the season, that's a wash. But in conference play, I can do what I can do. And I can still have my dream, which is ultimately making the NBA. Because, I mean, I've I've been told no that I can't do it like my whole life. Like I've been like, nothing's been given to me and even whenever stuff's been earned like I still haven't been given it so I feel like if it's like that you just have to go even harder you have to make you have to be undeniable like my my Instagram bio says nevertheless he persisted and like that's Mm -hmm. how I've lived my whole life so I just try to get every rebound try to get every block shot like try to just make everybody's life easier try to make my coach's life easier try to give my teammates some extra possessions and then hopefully get some get some points myself at the end of the day and we got to, we made it to the elite eight of D2, which was the furthest in school history. So it kind of, it kind of all worked out. Like they say, like, you don't, you don't get things when you want them, but when you need it to happen, I felt like everything happened when I needed to happen. Like, I feel like learning how to deal with the rejection of not playing, like kind of gave me a springboard to like how to like take it because obviously trying to make the NBA, there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of scouts. There's going to be a lot of GMs. Like who tell you, you can't play here, but there's people were going to hear that and be like, yeah, I can't play here. I'm not good enough and like not do anything. But like mm-hmm. that experience gave me like the backbone and the foundation of even if they say you can't do it, just be so undeniable. And so they say you can do it. So that helped me. And then I entered the transfer portal after the season, had a lot of interest. I had a uh, Iona university of San Diego had uh, Georgia Southern, but then the only coach that I felt like really like saw me, his he's a uh, coach Heike uh, at mm-hmm. Western him and coach booty. They really, I don't know the way they were talking to me. It was like, they saw final, like they saw me, like, I feel like a lot yeah. of coaches, they just see me as like, they saw me before as like a run and dunk man, but like, they saw that I could pass. They saw that I could defend. They saw that I can be versatile. And like, they talked to me like you, you do the work. We're going to give you a chance. And like all I've ever needed was a chance. So I turned down like all the bigger names, like, I just said, no, I'm going to go here. They, said, they called, they said, do you want to go on a visit? And I'm like, no, I'm committed. Like, I'm good. We don't, I'll, I heard all I needed to hear. I'm good. And I committed. So that's where I've been ever since then. That's wild, man. I, cause Western, like is somebody who I mentioned before, like I'm, I'm from the state. I'm from like South, Southwest suburbs, of Chicago. I Western, like when I was growing up, like I'm 33 was always like pretty bad at basketball. Like it was never a basketball <laughs> program. And then the last couple of years, like, it seems like every year, like it should be a down year. Like it feels like mm-hmm. every year it's like, all right, well, this guy graduated. Now they're probably going to be worse, but like mm-hmm. they keep finding these guys, whether it's Juco players, division two, whatever. And like mm-hmm. every year it's like, oh man, they got a winning record again. Like, oh, mm-hmm. all right. Like, I, well, it seemed like Western Illinois was going to come down and now they're not. 
why mm-hmm. why do you think because like you mentioned like connecting with the coaching staff like how have they been able to do this as a program that like every year it feels like all right well they just lost this guy so now now it's going to turn down but it just keeps going up like what is the coaching staff done to to kind of find this success at a, at a school that hasn't had a lot of it prior prior to this regime they watch an excessive a lot of uh, an excessive amount of film and they take chances on like diamonds in the rough like they'll see like someone like for me at my d2 i average five points and six rebounds so like mm-hmm. you're not thinking that a d1 school is going to give you a scholarship based on that but based on the film that they saw they saw the person that i was like they they'll they'll take that chance and i feel like a lot of a lot of other schools are preoccupied with names or social media followings or like just like name brand recognition but like western's more interested in can you hoop and if yeah. you can hoop you can play here so if you got like 15 guys who feel like they've been like passed over 15 guys with a ship on their shoulder, they're going to try to shock the world. So mm-hmm. if every year you, you find that you're going to have a winning formula. And I feel like that they've tapped into that formula pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. They've done a, a really great job. And I was, I was excited too to see that they had promoted from within for the head coaching spot coming into this year. Yeah. Like it feels like it's, it's a real, real legit uh, mid major mm-hmm. program now. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about your your game a little bit. So you are a guy too. You've got one extra year of eligibility left after this. So you're not somebody that needs to come out this year, but you've really stood out on the glass in particular. Right now, you lead the nation in offensive rebound percentage at the time that we're recording this. Uh, lead the country in offensive rebounds in total. Uh, but also on the defensive end, you're not a guy who's like, hey, I'm only going to rebound if I can get a putback and get points. You're <laughs> you're really effective on, on the defensive end as well. But mm-hmm. on the offensive end, like it's I, I mentioned this, this draft model that I run, like looking at NBA players and guys who stuck around the league. And it's basically just like you and Jared Vanderbilt that rebound that much on the offensive end <laughs> on defense. You're at the top of the at the top of the list, too. Mm-hmm. Um what is your mentality on the glass and how have you managed to be, be so effective on the glass? Like you're a guy that's six eleven, you've got a pro body, but there's a lot of guys that are six eleven and have a pro body and they don't rebound like you do. So what is it that, that kind of sets you apart? Uh, it was whenever I was 11 or 12, you remember the ESPN show sports science? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they had Kevin love on it and they turned all the lights off and they said, how many, how many rebounds can you get in the dark? And he was like literally getting all of them, and I was amazed. And then he was he was describing like all the angles it took to get there, and like his inspiration. So from that, I started watching Dennis Rodman highlights, and then more recently, I started watching like Kenneth Reed highlights, like Quincy A, like Quincy AC highlights. Like yeah. I saw like just like under the radar guys, but like they stick around, and I'm like, why do they stick around? And like it's because they make like the superstars they they make their lives easier. Like they're gonna yeah. get like extra buckets they're going to get extra points they're going to screen like so like i started looking more into like the angles i started looking at like dennis robin like he starts moving for the rebound before the shot even leaves like the player's hand so mm-hmm. he gets like a half a second advantage on every defender that's trying to box him out so i'm like as soon as i see like the shooting motion go i'm already like i'm already moving to get like the rebound and i feel like part of it is also like my mom like she like raised me to be very tenacious with everything like mm-hmm. she she taught me that like you have to take it. You have to work. You have to earn it. So, like, I feel like nothing's more earned than a rebound because you have to fight for nine different players to get that ball. Like, you can luck your way into other things, but, like, a rebound, like, that's yours. Like, it's yours. So, if I can't get the rebound, I'm going to tip it to somebody who can. Like, I know that's not a stat mm-hmm. for me, but, like, yeah. I'm just getting the extra possession for the team. It just feels good to know that, like, at the end of the day, like, if your team gets 10 extra possessions than the other team, you're going to have a better chance to win. 
So Absolutely. it's it's a simple equation for me, really. And like seeing like NBA guys like that who made a living like off rebounding, you don't have to do like you don't have to score thirty points a night to be in the league. Like Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, you yeah. said you got to You got if you find your role, you can make it. You can make a lot of money. And I feel like my role is rebounding, blocking shots, and making life people's lives easier, and like finishing around the rim. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of those things that like I when I'm looking at basketball from a scouting perspective, like I'm not looking for like, all right, who can, who can play in an NBA game tomorrow necessarily. Like what I'm thinking about is like, who are the guys that are going to be around long-term? And I look at a guy like Trey Jemison right now, who I, mm-hmm. who I interviewed before the last draft too, is getting a second 10 day contract and a guy like I'd be stunned if he's not on a two way. And it's because he's just content, like doing all of those little things. He's content mm-hmm. using his body, competing on the glass, like the leading rebounder during the G league regular season this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just that want to, and that will and combining it mm-hmm. with those physical gifts. Cause like I said, there's a lot of guys that have the size, but not a lot of guys are rebounding like you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the defense. Cause defensively, I, I like a lot. We'll get into the nitty gritty of that in a second, but just like, baseline let's say you're player coach you're you're running the show for the leathernecks how how would you prefer to play on on defense do you like to switch do you like to be in drop coverage like where do you think you're best defensively well i i like challenges so i like the one through five but i'm very effective in the drop and my coaches know that so uh, you know whatever they think that's what I'm gonna do. But like, yeah. if I had the chance, like I want to, I look at my D two. I switched in all like all the guards. So okay. I like I like like a guard looking at you and being like, okay, he's tall. I can get past him, and then they do their one or two moves, and you're not going anywhere. And they're like, oh, okay, this isn't this isn't that. Like I, I live for moments like that. So I love I love the one through five switching. For sure, yeah. Because that, mm-hmm. that was something that jumped out to me. Is I do feel like you you definitely have the feet to mm-hmm. be a scheme versatile big man. Um, but like, I, I love having you around the basket because like mm-hmm. you are, you're a big time shot blocker, um, mm-hmm. blocking about two a game right now. Uh, but also I think one of the big things about your game and a lot of centers that get overlooked is like a lot of times there'll be a center. He blocks a lot of shots, but he's jumping at everything. Like, mm-hmm. You have a real level of discipline about when you do mm-hmm. and don't leave your feet. And it also seems like you're a big time paid to turn. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times guys will drive and say, ah, you know, I, I see, I see Drew Sander the basket. I'm going to pull this one out. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you kind of developed into being the defender that you are now? Because I think with a lot of young bigs, there's generally just like just young big men in general, there's just sort of like a lack of polish that you tend to see before guys get to the professional level. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times they're able to kind of coast on physical tools and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. How did you kind of develop that polish to your defensive game to where you're able to play in different schemes and, and exhibit a high level of discipline and, and be so effective? Well, for the for the switchability, I think that came from soccer, like being able to be nimble sure. on my feet and like anticipating angles, anticipating like because you think about basketball, it's a physical game, but it's also like a very mind game. And a lot of basketball is like anticipation, like the offensive players trying to anticipate what you're going to do and you're trying to anticipate what they're going to do. And the advantage is always slanted towards the offensive player. So you got to do more work to get the stop. So a lot of it has been just watching film, watching tendencies, like watching like what they like to do. And then a lot of it is our coaching staff, like they know very well, like what it is. And like for the, for the staying down and not jumping, that's just my coaches. Cause mm-hmm. obviously every, every big man is going to want to jump at everything. They're going to want to get the highlight block, but, are you really that good of a defender if you get three blocks, but you also get five people scoring on you for the other? Like, you're not. Yeah, it's not, you're it's, not. It's, the plus minus isn't going to be too good. So mm-hmm. 
every game, stay down, Drew, stay down, Drew, stay down, Drew. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, if I haven't jumped in, like, 10 games, I'm going to hear stay down, Drew, stay down, Drew, stay down, Drew. So, as long as, like, it's like a little voice in my head. It's like a devil. It's like jump, jump, jump. But then you hear the coaches in your head, like, stay down, stay down, stay down. So, nine times out of ten, I'm going to stay down. So, that's just been a lot. Of, it's just a lot of persistence on their part. So, I appreciate them for that. For sure. That's that's great. Um mm-hmm. And then on the offensive end, obviously, like you mentioned, you're you're above the rim. You're a really effective play finisher, really efficient from the field. Um, but the the biggest thing that jumped out to me is like obviously, like you are really efficient as a play finisher. Like the initial data thing I was running, like who are big men that that finish, block mm-hmm. shots, and rebound, and like you came up there. But then when I dug into the film, what blew me away was the passing. Like you were a guy that can really make plays and you're also a guy that can put it on the deck a little bit like if it's a handoff setting and someone's up too close on you you can put it on the ground and blow by them Uh, Mm -hmm. but you can also just orchestrate the offense from the top of the key wire the ball to cutters find shooters um how did you grow into being a playmaking threat well that came a lot from I know a lot of people don't like him, but Draymond Green, he's always been one of my favorite yeah. players. No, one like, of my favorite players ever to watch. Yeah. yeah. Antics aside, like, I feel like it's so amazing that he can have a game with four points and be the player of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's just because he orchestrates everything. He knows, like, he's so good at, like, three-on-two situations. He's so good at the drop, at the, at the, at the kickback. So a lot of that has just been, like, him inspiring me. And, like, I kind of like, I, I like I I would prefer to get an assist than a bucket, which my coaches kind of hate because they want you to be aggressive, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to like get the extra man involved. Like and I, I feel like a lot of that is for my mom too. Like if if I'm hungry and she's hungry, she's gonna make sure that I eat. So mm-hmm. she kind of passed that on to me. And they say how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if I do that in my life, then basketball is also a game of life. So I'm gonna try to do that in basketball too. So it feels good to be able to like fool the defense and like they come to W and you get a wide open kick out or like a skip pass. Like all of that thing is, 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 is beautiful to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, really impressive. And I think it's something that's becoming more and more important at the center mm-hmm. position. Like if you just look at the big men that play over 20 minutes a game in the NBA, like maybe mm-hmm. one or two will have a negative assist to turnover ratio. Like the rest mm-hmm. of them are all guys that they really know how to pass and take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, really, really impressive element of your game that's set out on film. Um, is there an element of your game that you've been like most focused on improving or an element of your game that you're like, man, this is the one thing I really want to get better at? Yeah, there's two things, free throw shooting and turnovers, because mm-hmm. obviously being 6'10", if they can get me off balance, then I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm just placing myself at a disadvantage. And free throws, I've never really been good at that, but I've been improving like every year. So just yeah. like free throws. And like hopefully like a mid range shot like to keep the defense honest because that'll open up my driving as well. Because whenever I do drive, I normally score. But mm-hmm. if they have to respect the shot, you're gonna get a lot more driving opportunity. So, and also like for defense, like probably like strength, like gaining like 10, 15 pounds just to like be able to at the next level, you're gonna have to bang with bigger boys. So that's mm-hmm. gonna be a big priority this off season. Just weight weight gaining. Those are the, those are three for things. Sure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Sounds good. One thing I, I was going to like to throw out to you guys is once everything basketball like playing is over, like once you're done, you're tired, basketball playing is done. Would you have anything that you want to do after that? Like, are you guys, mm-hmm. you want to coach, you want to be a, a teacher, a businessman? Like what, what do you want to do once you're done playing? Uh, I want to create a social media app actually. That's, okay. that's uh, one that's based on like health and wellness. 
So okay. a lot of our social media today, it's all the algorithms are trained towards engagement and what engages the human mind negativity. So negativity is going to be pushed to the front. So I'm going to try to create a social media app that's like reverse engineered based on positivity and then try to market it out to like young kids because young people are the ones that are suffering the most from the social media epidemic and the loneliness epidemic right now. Yeah. So I'm going to try to create that and then use the money from basketball to kind of fund that and the connections I make to kind of like connect with people as well. That's fascinating. That's, that's a great answer. I, I love to hear, love to hear that. Um, where can people find you on, I know we're talking about how, how social media is not the best thing in the world, but if people want to follow along, follow your journey. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. My username is Drew say 23 and you can find me on Twitter with the same handle. I had to delete TikTok. It was it's too addictive, man. I had to, I had to get rid of that one. So yeah, those yeah. are the two you can find me at. <laughs> I, I could never do TikTok. I like mm-hmm. we we've got one, and like I just let our social media people handle for that. sure, <laughs> for not, sure. It's not for me. I, it's I'm getting too old. But smart man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just old. I'm not smart, but, <laughs> but, but I'll take it. But uh, yeah, thank, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Drew. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, really excited to see how the rest of the season goes i'm always as an illinois homer i'm always pulling for the illinois schools so hope you guys have a strong finish to the season thank you so much i really appreciate this no problem have a great night you too too. thank you for joining us and thank you for listening make sure you're subscribed to the no slings nba podcast feed and the no slings nba youtube channel we'll see you guys next time for sure for sure